Um, I do consider this a privilege and an honor to come up here, even though um, I'm always a nervous wreck uh, in doing so. I heard Jude whisper, he's freaking out. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but um, so I guess uh, let me start by um, opening up with a word of prayer. And, um, you know, often as I do get nervous, sometimes I, I do take peace in knowing that I'm not in control. And uh, I do pray before I come uh, that the Lord would prepare my heart and that, um, um, that he would speak through me and that, and that I wouldn't attempt to speak through myself because uh, I know that would turn out uh, pretty bad. <laughs> so um, so um, let's uh, bow our heads in prayer. Father, we just want to um, <clears throat> come to you this morning as we open up the Word of God. And, and, um, and Lord, I just pray that uh, our eyes be opened uh, like those two that walked on the road to Emmaus, and that we would see our Lord and Savior, and that our hearts, that, that this Word of God would become etched in our hearts, and our hearts would burn uh, with joy and uh, with the desire to know you uh, more. And um, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. <clears throat> well, I know uh, Alan always likes us to title um, these sermons, and uh, the title of this one is, I Reckon So. I reckon so. Um, so here's what we know. We know there's biblical motivation, and it does exist. And it's motivation in a negative sense, and much of it, and there's much of it uh, in a positive sense. And a lot of times you can hear it in the same scripture. Uh, <clears throat> in fact, more often than not, uh, you'll hear both, both sides in, uh, in, in the word. Um, but we're going <clears> to, <throat> most of you are going to know some of these verses. I'm going to quickly go through a lot. Um, but if you um, decide you'd rather just um, just listen, uh, you know, faith comes by hearing the Word of God, so don't feel guilty trying to keep up with me because I know I'm probably uh, putting too much out there, but um, I'm going to attempt to do so. So let's turn to Psalms 1, um, <clears throat> and uh, we all know this, this verse, and there's, uh, of course, there's, uh, you know, I feel reckless saying there's much depth in these scriptures here, but because there's depth in all of them. Um, <clears throat> it's just a matter if it if it sinks in or not. Um, but this starts out with, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Um. If you will turn over to um, Psalms 19, <clears throat> I'm going to cover us with a bunch of scriptures right here, and then, and then we're going to talk <clears throat> a little bit more about them. Um, but I love that in that Psalms 1, while you're turning your Bibles, you know, if you read that, my country way of saying it, the flip side of that <clears throat> is that, um, you know, we're not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly, 
flip side of that is we're to walk in righteousness. And, um, and we're not to spend time standing around um, in the way of sinners. We're to flee from that and to stand around in righteousness. And, um, and we're not to, to sit around with the scornful and the mockers. We're to sit uh, within righteousness and fellowship with one another and in the Word of God and seeking righteousness. Um, so you can always see that flip side of these verses as you, as you open up the Word of God and study them. Um, <clears throat> Psalms 19, I'm going to read through that uh, real quick. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God. And I love that, you know, in, in Romans it talks about the invisible things um, declare the glory of God and, and that a man will be without excuse. Um, and here it says, And the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. <clears throat> there is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out. <clears throat> their line has gone out um, through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoiced as a strong man to run a race. He's going forth, or his going forth is from the end of the heaven and his circuit unto the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is perfect, <clears throat> converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statues of the Lord are right, Rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is the servant warned. And in keeping of them, there is a great reward. Who can understand his, his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright. And I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. <clears throat> What's some powerful words, the word of the Lord there. And, um, <clears throat> you know, in reading that, you can read that, and again, as I, my country way of saying it, there's the flip side to those things, because <clears throat> it can be the opposite of what we read. Um, you know, it says, in the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Therefore, my heart could be unacceptable in his sight. It's, it's obviously um, a possibility. And, um, you know, as you read these, it's interesting to try to seek out the, those, those warnings, that motivation 
in a positive sense or in a negative sense. We're all motivated differently. Um, but let's flip, let's flip over to um, 1 Thessalonians 5.19. And um, we're going to look at, um, of course, I'll start at 18, like we always have a tendency to do, start back a couple verses beforehand. But in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So there's a possibility that we don't give thanks uh, for, the, for the things that are the will of God concerning ourselves. But number 19 is the focus here, quench not the spirit. So obviously, you can quench the spirit. You know, I think of the light that burns within us. Um, I think of the, the 25, or, the, or Matthew 25, the 10 virgins, and um, that we're all slumbering and sleeping, yet we're all expecting the Lord, but um, some of those were not infilled with the Holy Spirit as, as some of the others were. And uh, so that would be an example of, of the, they've quenched the spirit. In 20, verse 20 here, <clears throat> it says, Despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. And so, um, you know, I think of the prophetic word um, and how often much of it is despised. Um, and, um, and sometimes it's despised even inside the church. Um, so despise not prophesying actually means that the possibility is that the flip side of that is it, it can be despised. So today's message was really hopefully a challenge, and I'm, and I'm always challenging myself uh, through these messages. It's through my own study. I'm like, wow, this is more for me than it is for anybody. So... Um, but the question is, is um, you know, where are we? Where are we, um, you know, on the side of these things that are spoken? Um, I know often we take peace in the fact that, you know, hey, I'm saved and I uh, can overcome, you know, because I'm saved and I've accepted that free gift of salvation in the sense that uh, <clears throat> the Lord died for me and died for us to save us from our sins and paid it all. I'm saved from eternal death and eternal hell, um, but am I saved? Is my soul saved? Uh, and how often do I jeopardize that uh, salvation by being just out there in the world and going through, going through the motions and, um, and thereby quenching the Spirit? Um, so the challenge is, is <clears throat> you know, where are we on the side? Uh, of these things that are spoken. Um, if you will, uh, turn your Bibles to um, um, first, first Peter uh, chapter 4, verse 12. I'm sorry, chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. And then we're going to skip down to in the same chapter. Um, 
verse 5 and read a few verses. But 1 Peter chapter um, 4, verse 1 and 2, it says, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to lust of men, but to do or but to the will of God. Um, If you will, drop down there uh, just a little ways to uh, verse 5. And it says, um, we all skip back up to verse 4. Wherein they think it is strange that ye run, not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. Who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the Spirit. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye sober, or be ye therefore sober, and watch unto prayer. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. And every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God, and if any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom, to, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Um, going onward there, um, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, uh, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice. It's difficult to do sometimes, isn't it? But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partners of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. There's some motivation. Um, you know, we'll go through some, some things that we think, why is this happening? Fiery trials. And there's the challenge to rejoice uh, because... Um, when his glory is going to be revealed, you'll be glad also with exceeding, exceeding joy. And it says, if you be reproached for the name of Jesus Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer a Christian, or as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it, be, and if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? So there you can see there's a possibility that, you know, there's the flip side. Um, 
So what would the end be for those that obey not the gospel of God? So there's that possibility that we're not obeying the gospel of God. And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? And it makes me ponder and meditate upon that Psalms 1, 1 through 6. Because it gave us that answer at the end. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls. Isn't that interesting? There's your salvation of the soul right there. We can keep that by suffering according to the will of God and putting and keeping that before him. And as we've all studied, you know, the salvation of the soul, there's the body, soul, and spirit. The spirit is part of man that worships and accepts the Lord or rejects, rejects him. And the soul is a man's life. It's who he is. And um, so wherefore, let them suffer according to the will of God, commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, as we think about some of the things um, that we've read about and things that are going on in this world, you know, there's so much scripture that says take heed and uh, feed off the word um, and to draw away from the world. Um, in fact, let's, let's flip over to Acts chapter 20. Um, <clears throat> Acts 20, uh, let's look at verse 28. And I might read a couple extra verses there. It says, Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing, shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. And now, brethren, I command you to God, and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. <clears throat> um, you know, that verse 30 is what I want to talk about a little bit. Um, it says, also of your own selves shall man arise. You know, that just seems impossible, doesn't it? You'd, you'd probably say that's, that's, a, that's a man in, in, the, in the church that's not saved. Uh, but that doesn't have to be. Um, it could be, but it doesn't have to be. It could be a man or a woman that is saved speaking perverse things, and, and they draw away disciples after them. You know, <clears throat> I see so much going on. I'm sure you guys are seeing it too, and it's, it's, it's perverted. You know, I see, um, I, I saw where the Southern Baptist um, uh, Organization uh, is looking in accepting, you know, and they have some of their keynote speakers or gay priests, and, um, and, and so we're seeing things totally opposite. Um, we're seeing where the church, recently I saw where 
some of the churches are trying to embrace um, the fact that God gives life and blesses life, but he also, um, you know, blesses the choice, you know, trying to justify abortion. Uh, it's perverse. Um, I just saw yesterday Planned Parenthood running a, an ad, and it's this beautiful little baby girl with big blue eyes reaching out to the camera with a close-up shot, and, and the person said, what a creepy ad. And it is, it's perverse. The ad said, you know, that uh, she deserves to be loved and wanted, and she deserves to be a choice. And, um, you know, that's the ad that's being run right now. And it is creepy. It's perverse, as the word would say. Um, and, and a lot of that, in trying to justification, we're seeing that actually trying to sweep through the churches right now. Um, so, <clears throat> anyway, there's a positive sense and there's a negative sense in, in the sense of being motivated uh, in the Word of God. Um, so if you will, let's flip our Bibles over to John uh, 15. Now, Ken was here last week, and I think it caused me to get to really meditate on, that, on some of these verses, and, um, and it's been a blessing uh, as a result of doing so. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to look at... Um, John 15, 1, it says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it and, it, and it. and it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. You know, now stop right there for just a minute. So is it a possibility that, as a Christian, that I'm not abiding in him and not allowing him to abide in me? I think so. There's much, much warnings and motivation uh, in these scriptures showing us that that could be a possibility. But here we're encouraged to abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. So we're not in control, are we? Uh, but he is. Except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except that ye abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Um, for without me, you can do nothing. So obviously we're not in control. And that's kind of nice when I recognize that fact and continue to remind myself, it's freeing. Okay, Lord, I'm not in control. Let me just put this whole armor of God on today and, uh, and just so I can uh, suit up and, and know that you are. Um, but it says right here is where I want to look at. It says, if a man abide not in me. So here we are. There's that possibility. It is possible. Um, he casts forth as a branch and is withered. And I think of when we read um, Psalms 1, 1 through 6, his leaf shall not wither. And here we are. Uh, he's as a branch and is withered. And man gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, so here we go, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. So that makes me think of Jeremiah 15, 16. I love it, and it's going to be a focus of this message. My, thy words were found, and I did eat them, and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name. O Lord, God of hosts. So it says, if you abide in me, 
and my words abide in you. So I think of eating those words, the word of God. It's like a meal. It's the bread of life. And, and you ask what you, uh, what you will, and it shall be done unto you. And I love that. So if we're abiding in the Lord, and we ask him what, what we will, it shall be done unto you. And um, that's just powerful. And, I, you know, I think of, uh, uh, I've been meditating on that. Ken, I know, went over this last week. Um, but it's kind of fitting. Um, and it says, if you'll drop down to verse, um, let's just say verse 10. If you keep my commandments, it's possible that you won't. But if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you. So I guess the big question is, are we hearing them? That my joy might remain in you. It's possible that it might not um, because we're, we're not hearing them. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. And I think of that again in Matthew 25, when being infilled with the Holy Spirit, by eating these words, the Word of God, um, and meditating upon it. So, let's look over to 1 Thessalonians 3.8. I'm going to keep it moving, so I might be moving too fast, but that's okay. Uh, first, first, first Thessalonians 3.8, it says, For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. So there's a possibility that we are not going to live because we're not standing fast in the Lord. For now we live if we stand fast in the Lord. Um, let's look at Acts 18.25. It says, this man was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the Spirit. He spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue from when Aquila and Priscilla had heard. They took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. The focus there was... That fervent spirit um, and being fervent in the spirit. So obviously there's a possibility of not being fervent in the spirit. Um, so we're encouraged to recognize that fact and, and to know how we can be fed um, and how we can achieve while seeking righteousness, how we might achieve so by being fervent in the spirit. Um, Right, just um, right there, one chapter over uh, in Acts 19, 8. 
And it said he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. That's difficult probably, isn't it? To dispute and, dis- and, and persuade in this world um, the things concerning the kingdom of God. But is, is it unreasonable to think that we, I mean, we can do that. Um, and we do it by again. And, and just, I love just to meditate and hear those words of Jeremiah 15, 16. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord, God of hosts. Biblical motivation, there's a coming day. We know it. Man knows it. It's the judgment day that's coming. The King is coming. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's called the Lord's Day also. Um, We know this. Man knows it. It's manifest in his heart. He knows there's a God, and and the Lord says he will be without excuse. And we're going to be without excuse, whether we passively are sitting by the wayside or whether we're actively pursuing righteousness. And um, turn over to uh, Matthew 24, 7. I'm sorry, Matthew 24, 37. Matthew 24, 37. Um, We've gone over a lot of these verses. This is one we have, and I've been meditating on this one all year. But as in the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Um, If you'll drop down, um, we know, there you go, the Lord's saying, so also, the coming of the Son of Man shall be. Um, so we know that day's coming. And we should know that it's soon, based on all the signs of the times and based on the fact that even man's secular calendar shows that we're at a 6,000-year mark. The Lord says there's uh, seven days a week and 7,000 years, and, and we know that 7,000 years that is that um, day of rest. And um, so we should know he's coming. There's multiple signs. But look here in Matthew 24, 48. We'll flip over to that. It says, But and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming. Well, that's a possibility. So I guess I'm challenging myself. And as part of this sermon, where are we in that? Which side of things, these things that are spoken by the Lord, which side are we on? Because I hear it all the time in the church saying, well, it could be a thousand more years before he comes. Um, and as we look, let's flip over to um, 1 Peter 
um, 4, 519. I'm going to get in high gear here. Um, 1 Peter 4, chapter 4, verses 5. It says, Who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? For this cause was the gospel preached only, or preached also to them that are dead, and they might be judged according to man in the flesh and live according to God in the Spirit. But the end of all things is at hand, and be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. It doesn't say wait passively. It's saying watch actively. Um, with all that said, I want to say where are we? And... Um, <clears throat> Flip your Bibles, uh, well, you don't have to flip over this, but in Romans um, um, 4, 9, it says, um, I can find it, here it is. It says, faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. And here we are to that word, reckoned. It will happen. It, it, it will be so. Uh, and that's where I looked in the Bible when it talks about reckoned or there's a reckoning, and, um, and it's in the Bible 33 times. And, you know, I think about the will. If you abide in him, you can ask what you will, and yet the will of the Lord will take place. It will happen. There is a coming day. It will happen. And, and we will be without excuse. But the word reckon basically is defined as compute, or it will work out. It'll add up. One reckoning, um, it all adds up. So where are we on this? But in the Word, there's many, many examples that are in line with warnings, in line with motivation, in line with consequences, in line with rewards. And yet, there's a newsflash. You know, everybody's not getting a trophy. In today's world, wants to reward everybody. Everybody gets a trophy, even from the little league all the way up uh, to adults. You know, speak the positive. Don't be negative. Everybody, you know, should get something positive and, and get a trophy. Um, and there's plenty of positive here. It's encouraging. Uh, there's rewards that are set aside for us. But yet, in 1 Corinthians 3.15, it states that our works will be tried by fire, whether wood, hay, or stubble, or whether... Gold, silver, or precious stones. So that is going to happen. And I think the word says, I reckon so. Um, the Bible, obviously, is the word of God. It's full of instructions. Um, the foretold results, the foretold beginning, the foretold ending, um, the outcome, out of salvation, out of love, Salvation of the body, soul, and spirit, uh, or not. There's the flip side, or not. Yet, as we read these verses, we should conclude there's a healthy fear um, of the Lord. It, it's a good thing, uh, a reverence for God, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God-fearing. Um, I don't think there's a reverence for the Lord this day and time. Um, I don't, you just don't hear that reverence uh, coming out of, of people's 
attitudes and, and voice. But there's many, many examples of loss of the body, which equals death, loss of the soul, which equals death, loss of the spirit, which equals death. And then there's many examples as we should be motivated. There's gain of reward, the body, um, which equals life and ultimate joy. There's the gain of joy through the soul, the salvation of the soul, which equals life, all the ultimate joy. There's the gain of security in the spirit, um, which equals life. So all these things should motivate us. And then yet we look in the scriptures, there's a walk, uh, Enoch walked with the Lord, and then there's a run. You know, we're to run this race. Um, I know Galatians 6.3 says, um, if a man think of himself to be something, when he's nothing, he deceives himself. So that's a possibility. We think we're on one side and we're actually on the other, and, um, and we can actually end up deceiving ourselves. So where are we really? Um, so as we, you know, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it talks about faith is, it is what it is. There's a time to run, there's a time to walk, there's a time to be active, there's a time to, to rest. Um, and yet we have these choices. We choose to accept, we choose to reject, we choose to yield, or we choose not to yield. We choose to listen, or we choose to hear, or not. Um, and do we hear those words in Jeremiah 15, 16? In Deuteronomy, it says we choose or choose not, and it makes me think of that, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of read that real quick. And I'm almost finished. I know you don't think so. Um, in Deuteronomy um, 6, chapter 6, uh, verse uh, 5 through 8, it says, if thou, if thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might, and these words... I think of thy words were found, and I did eat them. And these words which I command thee to this day shall be in thy heart. Think of John 15, if you abide in me, and I in you. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto the children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by thy way, and when thou liest down, and when thou raises up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand, and they shall be frontlets between thy eyes. And, um, you know, I think of that. All these things, you know, should ask, we should ask of ourselves, where are we? Um, my notes here to get me back on course. Um, but we have these choices, and we can choose to wait passively. We can choose to watch actively. We can choose to be prepared or not, like the, 12, like the 10 virgins. Um, we can quench the spirit or not, as we said. Um, but there are some things in this world we don't have a choice of, over, aren't there? Like Genesis 1.27, it says God created male and female. Uh, Eve equals a woman. Wife equals a woman. Life and death, we don't have... The, uh, we, we don't have any choices over that in the sense of choosing to accept the free gift of Jesus Christ. But ungodliness attempts to redefine that today, doesn't it? You know, as, as, if, we, as if we have a choice. Um, even the church attempts to define some things to make them fit in accordance with their denomination. 
such as the word whosoever doesn't mean whosoever. Uh, whosoever may come. Um, so we hear those things. I had a pastor tell me one time in 1 Corinthians 10 uh, when they all applied the door over the do- doorpost and they all went through the Red Sea and came out the other side with the promised land. He, he just tried to tell me the word all was no, no longer all or it wasn't all according to his teachings or what he was taught in seminary, uh, seminary school. Um, but it sounds like Satan uh, in the garden, doesn't it? Um, remember that? Did God really say? So there, as, ever, as everybody's really trying to redefine everything, did God really say that? And so it seems like, um, you know, I just ponder, though, that the Word of God said that these things will happen in the last days. Things will be reversed, you know, and as we choose to stand in the way of righteousness or we choose to stand in the way of sinners or we choose to stand and put on the whole armor of God or not or we choose to speak boldly or not, we choose to seek righteousness or not, um, and we choose to either sit in unrighteousness. But... um. Some couple things as we are faced with these things that I want to quickly go over, and I'll make this really fast. Um, that when the Lord, saw, when Abraham saw uh, the Lord approaching him, he ran to him. And when David, uh, uh, and I'm going to flip my Bibles over here to First uh, Samuel. Um, let's see. There it is. 1 Samuel 17, um, chapter 17. I'm going to quickly look at this, what David did. He was a youth, but David was a man. Uh, and David declared, um, the, you know, as, the, he was, as he was pleading with the king to let him run into this battle, he declared that the Lord's de- delivered me often. And all you guys know the story of that. And, uh, and they attempted to put man's armor on him, and he had to shed man's armor uh, because he had the armor of God. Um, but um, <clears throat> in um, you know in verse forty five through uh, or forty two through forty five seventeen forty two through forty five it said and when the Philistine looked about and saw David he disdained him for he was but a youth and ruddy and of fair countenance and the and the Philistine said unto him David I am a, I am a dog that thou comest uh, uh, to me with stabs. Uh, And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine uh, said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. And then David said unto the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. And I think of that Jeremiah 15, I am called by thy name, thy Lord God of hosts. And David was called, and he had the faith. And, um, and in verse 48, if you drop down there, and it came to pass, I reckon so, when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to David, that David hastened and ran towards the army. And not only that, he ran to meet the Philistine, Goliath. He ran, a young man. And, uh, and David... Um, that's, that's interesting to me that he ran. And then he ran onward to stand him up and, uh, and to slew him and to cut his head off and to behead him. And what happened? The result, the outcome, they fled. That was the end of it. So where are we? 
Um, where am I? What side on the subject? You know, and where is he, my Lord and Savior? Uh, he's always there. And as it said, he's the tree of life with open arms. And we simply need to uh, open our eyes as those guys could see on that road to Emmaus and their, and their hearts burned. Um, in the Hebrews 1 or 11, 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And it says, faith, if we think about it, faith is the victory. And faithful is he, our Lord and Savior. And faith is the victory. David had that faith. David won the battle before he even ran. Based on faith, it was over before he took off running. I think about back in World War II or maybe, maybe World War I, and there's rubble of buildings. There were some photos. And this was a God-fearing America at the time. And they ran to the enemy, that evil power of Germany. And when they overcame them, they, they hung this banner at the top. And it said, fear not. Faith answered, no one was there. And so I just think that's, that is a God-fearing um, soldiers. And today we talked about Veterans Day. These men ran into battle for our freedom. And we, and we um, disrespect them today. And, uh, which is horrible. It's perverse. And things are reversed, aren't they? Um, but uh, it makes me think of Matthew 22, and you can look at it later. Um, and it says, I'm going to look at it, and I'm almost finished. I'm going to beat 12 o'clock. Uh, Matthew 22, uh, and uh, it's one. It says, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a king which made a marriage for his son and sent forth the servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and that they and and they would not come. So I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. And here he is; he's called them, and they were too busy doing everything else that the world um, catches us up in. And um, and and you know, and in the end, on on through that, I love that parable. Uh, and at the end, though, it says, "For many are called. I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts, but few are chosen." And um, so. Where are we? Are we in the outer of the outcome or inside the inner of the outcome? But there will be a day, and it's coming soon, and we will say, and he will say, I reckon so. So thanks for, hopefully that would be encouraging to remind ourselves. I know I need to remind myself there's a lot of motivation, positive and negative, and, uh, and the time is at hand. And I know the Lord is coming soon. So thank you.